0: All right, James, you and I are talking, I think we're roughly 3600 miles apart as the crow flies, <laughs> although I don't like that, think yeah. <laughs> I don't think any crow has maybe flown that far.
1: Yeah, well, could be. Uh I just saw the other day that there was a there was some little bird that set a new record for constantly flying from Oh, I'm trying to think here. Alaska down to New Zealand, I believe. Yeah, I had I had seen something about that. <laughs> no, it was down to Tasmania. So flying from well above the equator to well below the equator. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how many miles that would be. You see, halfway around the Earth is about 12, 10 12,000 miles. So 7,000 miles maybe, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, all you have to do is just hitch a ride on a what was it called? It was a Godwit. Okay. <laughs> You'd have to hitch your out on that and, you know, nonstop flight. Be there in no time. Well, about seven days. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we've synced up this morning uh, our, our phone calls and we're roughly one second behind. So it's taking one second for your voice to get to my ear. Mm. Uh, a little bit less maybe. But my my question to you this morning is is the, how is that happening is is this black black magic or because <laughs> i know for one one thing for sure is there's no line that goes from there's no mm-hmm. cable that goes from virginia to cusco peru so what's going on here
1: yeah well, i was thinking about that and i think it's actually one second from when you speak to when it comes here and then when i go back because when we're syncing up you're you're saying one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and I come in at five, and I have to have heard you
0: there it's like
1: less than half a second, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, so there's no I mean we don't have you know you're not holding a tin can with a string, and I'm holding the other tin <laughs> can, and the string is thirty seven hundred miles long, yeah, that's not yeah. happening, yeah, so you asked me about this whole topic of wireless communication and it's a pretty big topic, and it's actually something that I don't know. Al- I mean, I know the, the very broad basics of how it works, and that's about it. And so I did a little bit of looking, and I dropped some articles in the show notes, and you said you have been reading through those, and you're almost more confused than when you started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, black magic. Well, bl- black magic, it is not. I'll, 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 I'll tell you that right now. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> But sometimes it does seem like that. And I think it was it was a fairly prominent science fiction writer. I'm thinking it was Arthur C. Clarke or Isaac Asimov or one of those from like the mm, 1950s or mm-hmm. 60s. One of his famous quotes is that sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that was Isaac, uh, Isaac Asimov. And that's really kind of what it is. And I do know that Occasionally, I will, I'll talk about I'm doing this thing, like I can message this person over here, and so forth. Like I understand the basics of how it works, mm-hmm. but when I'm talking about this happening, my mom, who is she's one of the later baby uh, baby boomers, she is like, oh man, that's just scary. That's just scary. I mean, so and to her, <laughs> it, <laughs> it is basically yeah. black magic. Like she doesn't understand it, and so it's like some arcane scary stuff and to me I'm like well I mean it's just algorithms that do this and this and it zips across this fiber and it also reminds me of was it something that Chris Slayball said in one of our last episodes that like after like if something arrives after you're 35 it's like an abomination (laughs) against the universe and so all of our parents are dealing with with wireless technology and I mean some of them I was talking with Elmer Glick the other day, and he's, I say well into his 70s, he's a couple of years into his 70s, and he's very proficient with technology. doesn't seem to bother mm-hmm. him. But then there's other people, like my dad, who is a decade or more younger than than Elmer Glick, and, I mean, he, <laughs> he just about thinks it's a tool of <laughs> the devil.
0: Some people are more adaptable, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, you could maybe make some argument that, It has been a tool of the devil, but anyway, um, it's not the topic of this discussion.
0: Right. But going, talking just a little bit about advanced technology and how fascinating it is, I just wanted to throw out, I, I noticed or took a moment to think about that in the month of November, I talked with people, had phone conversations with people in Ukraine and Paraguay, which is in South America, just across the border, Costa Rica kansas alaska and then i also watched a a course uh something that i was studying researching on from a guy in uh, japan Hmm. and so thinking about where all my my communication was going or coming from a lot of miles involved but go on tell me how this is working
1: so uh, when i was thinking about wireless communication i started thinking about what are the different types and you know, we say wireless communication. Well, what does that mean? And probably the first and one of the biggest one is radio. Um, it's not as uh-huh. big of a deal now as it was in the early 1900s, but the late 1800s, Marconi, which I can't pronounce his first name. Uh, Guglielmo, Um, can you pronounce it? You can see it there. You're better pronunciations than I am. I would say. Guglielmo, but I don't know if that's correct. Okay. Well, you've, you're all, you know, all about these romance languages more than I do. So you probably can pronounce <laughs> yeah. it better than me.
0: He's probably Italian,
1: I'm guessing. Yes, he is. So he, he did that. And that was radio communication. It was originally used for wireless telegraph. So using it for Morse code. Mm-hmm. But eventually they were able to use it for voice and kind of. Similar to that, but not quite the same, is you had radio, and that was a really big medium in the, in the first half of the 20th century. So up through the the two world wars into the 50s and so forth. And I think it was into the 60s that you had television became uh, more of a, I mean, it, it was. It, I think the first televisions were made maybe in the 1930s or 40s, but they really became more widespread in the 60s. And so that was broadcast television. So it was the signal was being sent out across the air.
0: You needed bunny ears antennas to get yeah. it.
1: <laughs> and so instead of audio, it was videos. It was sending pictures, moving pictures, mm-hmm. basically. You know, you would you would send one frame. So I'm not sure what the frame rate was, but I know now a lot of frame rates are what 24. They're actually. Broadcast television is about twenty nine or thirty frames per second. Okay. And it would send basically thirty pictures per second. And and your eye would then see that as moving pictures. So that was that was being sent wirelessly. Then you also have two way radios or walkie talkies, which are just a pretty much a lower power version of our, you know, radio, like the radio you get on your car radio.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ninety point seven public radio. Is a station here in the valley. Okay. <laughs> WMRA, which I was just watching a video the other day uh, by CGP Gray and was talking about airport codes. And it mentioned that all radio station codes, they have a four letter code. They're either K or W. I hope that was interesting mm-hmm. because we have WMRA here in the valley. Then we, of course, have cell phones. That was in the 90s when that really took off. And where we can have these smaller devices. It started off with devices in our cars and they got the, the electronics were small enough and their power needs were low enough we could actually have a cell phone that we could carry around with us pretty much wherever. Um then I'm currently connected to my wireless access point via Wi Fi mm-hmm. and my smartwatch is connected to my smartphone via Bluetooth. So there are some other different types of wireless communication, but those are a few of the different ones that we're kind of dealing with here.
0: And do you, do you all of these have a similar basis or background in, in what drives them? Like, are they all using similar technology, if you want to call it that? Not technology, yeah, but... Yeah,
1: they're somewhat similar. I mean, there is a difference between analog and digital, and we'll kind of get to that later, mm-hmm. what the difference is there. So before we go any further, we need to talk a little bit about the electromagnetic spectrum. And I can already hear audience members uh, falling asleep when we're talking about this. But, of course, the part of the electromagnetic spectrum we're most familiar with is visible light. That is just a very small part of all the different types of electromagnetic radiation that there is. And, yeah, radiation doesn't mean it's something that gives you cancer. Although, um... (laughs) some electromagnetic radiation can give you cancer. Right. But just because it's its just something that radiates out, something that moves out. So, of course, the sun puts off a lot of that. So we have visible light, and we have ultraviolet and x-rays and so forth are on the more energetic side of the spectrum. But if we go mm-hmm. down to the less energetic side of the spectrum, we have infrared, which is what we feel as heat rays. And I'm sitting here beside our wood stove. I can't actually feel any heat coming off of it because it's not, burning very good right now, but that's infrared. Then we have microwaves and probably the most, you know, we think of that when we use our microwaves to heat up food. They Those uh, microwaves can also be used in communication too, but they have some major limitations. And then we also have radio waves and radio waves is probably what most, most wireless communication uses, is some sort of radio wave.
0: And so radio waves are actually part of what we would consider, or you could say, part of the light spectrum. Mm-hmm. You're, you're calling it yeah. the radiation spectrum.
1: Yeah, uh, I did not know that. It's yeah, it's it's much longer wavelength. So I I can't remember what it is, but visible light has a has a wavelength of it it varies, but you know a couple hundred nanometers. So the like what we're talking about here is a wave of energy, and it's not a wave like in the ocean or in a pond. Or even like sound waves, but it's a a fluctuating electric and magnetic field. And those have a specific wavelength, like how long the wave is. And visible light is much, much shorter. It's on the order of like a couple hundred nanometers. So really, really small. But radio waves, they have wavelengths on the order of inches to feet to... Miles, I see. They have a much, much greater... So when you say radio waves, it's not like they're all the same. There are some radio waves that are called extremely low-frequency radio waves, and those are useful for uh, the lower the frequency, the better they are at penetrating through objects, like they don't get disrupted as much. Oh, okay. So they'll actually use these extremely low-frequency radio waves to communicate with submarines that are underwater. I don't quite understand how it all works, but because these these waves can penetrate underwater, they can actually communicate with with submarines. And then you have these different types, and they have different names. You have extremely low frequency, you have very high frequency, extremely high frequency. You've probably heard of shortwave radios. Mm, doesn't I don't know that right now. Nothing means anything. <laughs> okay, all right, so nothing means anything. So you, you sound somewhat nihilistic. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just starting I'm I'm pulling in all this new information. What are shortwave radios? So shortwave radios are like personal radio stations. It's like amateur oh, radio okay. or like ham radio. Oh, you've maybe heard gotcha. it called. Yeah, that's yeah, that yeah, shortwave. Yeah. So that is that is a shorter wavelength than broadcast radio. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you tune to your radio on your car, that's going to be picking up a longer wavelength than shortwave. And part of that reason is the shorter the wavelength, the more easily it can be deflected or blocked. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to be turning all these amateurs loose with these radio stations that can travel for thousands and thousands of miles and cause problems and interfere with other other radios.
0: Okay, I have I have several questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first one, I don't know, maybe you had this lined up in your thoughts, but we had recently, in recent history... 3G 4g 5g mm-hmm. cellular communication are we at is 5g maybe the the latest I think
1: yeah five, so yeah 5g is the latest that's rolling out in the US but I think they're already working on 6g in Korea because they're usually about a decade ahead
0: oh <laughs> uh, okay my question then is does that does that tie into do you know to this what you're saying about the different types of waves whether they're a higher frequency, lower frequency, shorter, taller, whatever yeah. it is.
1: So the the main thing that differentiates between the the different generations. So there was also 2G before 3G, um, and that was more just your standard cell phones. Then 3G came along, and we could actually get fairly decent data rates to where we could had smartphones that could get on the internet and maybe stream videos wirelessly. And then as you go up, the the main thing that continues is that it gets faster. You can get more data. Mm-hmm. So with 3G, it was sometimes really difficult to be able to, say, watch a YouTube video. With 4G, if you have good signal, it's not a problem. You can very easily do it. Uh, with 5G, it's even faster. Like, it's on the order of, I think if you have really good signal, uh, you can get, like, close to one gigabit per second download. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's incredibly fast and I guess 6g is going to be even faster, which I'm starting to wonder like, at what point is it fast enough? But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess when 6g comes along, I'll be this like old crusty fellow in my forties and talking about <laughs> these young people and their and their, uh, face tubes and what's going on there. I
0: remember back before we even had G's. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it uses different different wavelengths in the spectrum. So I don't quite know about 3G and 4G, but I do know that 5G tends to be a shorter wavelength. The shorter the wavelength, the more information you can carry on that wave. Mm-hmm. And I won't necessarily go into it. It's, it's a, a really rough analogy is kind of like how fast you talk, how fast you speak. If you speak mm-hmm. really fast, you can get a lot more words out per minute And so, the amount of information you're sending per minute or per second is much greater than if you have somebody from way in the deep south that talks at about two to three words per minute. Well, then you're. Right. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Then you can't hear them very good. So, yeah, with 5G, the frequency or the wavelength allows you to send more information. But the downside is because the wavelength is shorter, it gets deflected a lot easier. So, certain types, there's. There's also different types of 5G. They're not all the same, and that means that certain types of 5G, if somebody steps between you and the 5G antenna, all of a sudden you go from really, you know, one gigabit per second to much, much less than that because of that interference. Yeah. My
0: next question then is, how, since this is an invisible or non-visible set of the spectrum mm-hmm. area of the spectrum how does
1: information get put onto these waves well, this is where it gets kind of complicated <laughs> there are two main things about a wave there is the frequency and there's the amplitude frequency i've talked a little bit about but haven't went into too much detail frequency is how many wavelengths you have per second because light or because electromagnetic radiation travels so fast it's usually on the order of Sometimes you'll hear like something is in kilohertz or which is thousands thousands of, of waves per second or it's on megahertz which is millions of wavelengths per second and then you have gigahertz which is billions of wavelengths per second hmm. so that's that's frequency and so you can vary the frequency of a wave so for instance the extremely low frequency waves that can go to submarines they might be down in the kilohertz part of the spectrum. Wi-Fi is in gigahertz so most Wi-Fi access points a lot of them are 2.4 gigahertz. There are now ones that are 5 gigahertz but then you can also get ones that are even faster than that and as you increase the gigahertz the the frequency you can send more data. Anyway so you, you can modify or you can modulate the frequency to send information. Mm-hmm. You can also change the amplitude. The amplitude is basically the strength of it. If you think about it in the sense of like a wave in, the, in a pond, the higher the waves or the, the greater the distance between the crest and the trough, the greater the amplitude. Okay. So if it's just barely a ripple, that's low amplitude, if it sees huge waves that are like breaking and cresting, that would be a high amplitude. So you, you can adjust both of those. So you know... Like with broadcast radio, there's two different types. You know what the two different types are? AM and FM. Yeah. So AM is amplitude modulation, FM is frequency modulation, and they use different ways to encode information. And I don't, this is where it gets a little bit beyond my understanding. But to create these radio waves, you have an antenna, obviously, and you send electric current through the antenna. And you can send it at different frequencies, so you can. It basically it oscillates, mm-hmm. and that creates, like in other words, if you're sending, if you have an, uh, you have this little piece of electronics called an oscillator in your phone or in your Wi-Fi router, and it will send an electric signal 2.4 billion times per second, 2.4 gigahertz, and that that will send out a wireless signal at that frequency, depending on how much current you put in. It can change the amplitude. More current, greater amplitude, less current, less amplitude. But then you can also change the frequency depending on how fast your oscillator is moving these electric currents. So you can use both of those things to basically encode in information. Mm -hmm. I mentioned I wanted to talk about analog and digital. So along, you know, back in the 90s and even early 2000s, a lot of broadcast television was analog. So it would use... You would use these differences in amplitude and frequency to kind of encode in information. I don't quite know how they did that, so I won't get in. So I won't try to explain it. But digital, what digital is, is they encode things in ones and zeros. So you're you're familiar with the idea of a bit, probably Mm -hmm. like a one or a zero. So you can use that to code in long strings of ones and zeros. So if I am sending you a text message, let's say, hi, Sean, how are you doing today? My phone can take those characters, can turn them into bits. So let's say that H for, for hash on. So the H, we can turn it into one, zero, one, one, two, or not two, <laughs> uh, one, one, zero, one, one, zero. And it would send that. It'll then, you know, I hit the send button. It will take those bits, one one zero one one zero. It'll take that. My phone will use electric currents and send that through the antenna in my phone. Send it to a cell tower or to the Wi-Fi router upstairs. The Wi-Fi router will then take those those little bits, the one one zero one one zero. It'll take it, send it through the cable outside my house through fiber optic cables and so on and so forth down to Cusco, Peru. Then it will go up into a cell tower. The cell tower will turn it into, you know, back into a wireless signal, Uh one one zero, one one zero, send that out. And then it'll hit your phone and your phone will see that it's one one zero, one one zero. Oh, what is this? All oh, this is an H and you'll see that I've sent you. Okay, now, obviously It'll send the rest of the message as well, but that's basically how it works.
0: So the com- the digital communications are long strings of ones and zeros mm-hmm. uh, that are separated in some way that seg- that mean letters or or information, whether it's text or or picture, video.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So it just it takes whatever it is. So whether it's whether it's text, whether it's audio, whether it's video or pictures, which, I mean, video and pictures are the same thing. Video is just a sequence of pictures sure. stitched together. Sure. It then breaks those down into ones and zeros, uses the little antenna to send that signal to cell tower or Wi-Fi access point. Then those ones and zeros zip wherever they're supposed to go, come back out on a cell tower or Wi-Fi, then go to your device. And then your device takes those ones and zeros, and it, it basically has the code on how to turn it back into text or audio or video, and then you can see it. So that's what's happening.
0: It's extremely complex just for the short message that you sent this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, good morning, I'm ready. Yeah. Getting getting from you to me. So my next question is, every every piece of information that's being sent out, whether it's text, audio, video around the world is being sent out with these electric pulses with certain frequencies and and tossed around the world, creating an electromagnetic maybe field. I'm not sure if that's Mm -hmm. the right way to think of it. So if this is going, and we know that communication is super high because how many, what is it, years worth of? of information is made on YouTube in a relatively short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Can't Why can't I feel all that electric magnetic pulsing going on around me if there's so much information being
1: sent around the world? Well, it's mostly because it doesn't really interact with your body that much. You have to have something that's conductive for, to be able to, to, to pick it up mm-hmm. because it's, it's electric and magnetic fields and, yeah I mean you you can take you can take a magnet and run it over a piece of metal and pick it up, but you can run a magnet all over your body like you can put your body inside of an MRI machine, which are incredibly strong magnets that'll just like rip metal mm-hmm. things out of your body they're so they're yeah. so powerful and you can't feel anything it completely does not impact you. I think that's kind of a large part of what it is. we can't see it with our eyes like there's just no way we can detect it or feel it. Because for whatever reason, you know, God did not make us to where we could see radio waves or we could feel radio waves in our bodies, and so they can just zip past our bo- you know, right through our bodies, and we cannot even feel it or see it or anything. Now, if you step in front of a microwave transmitter and it's at the right frequency, it can make your skin start getting kind of hot, <laughs> so you can feel it there. But for the most part, we just We can't pick it up, and so that's why we can't feel it. And some people really get worried about, and I'm not totally sure. I'm not going to completely poo-poo the idea. But some people get worried about all this electromagnetic radiation causing cancer. Well, what is cancer? Cancer is when cells are dividing without any like tumors and things like that. That's when cells are dividing and replicating without any controls on them. And a lot of times mm-hmm. that is caused by maybe like a genetic mutation or something like that. Well, how do you get genetic mutations? Well, you have to basically change the molecular structure of your DNA. And that, is, that can be caused by certain types of electromagnetic radiation that are really powerful. So, for instance, ultraviolet, which is you know it's why we wear sunscreen so we don't get skin cancer. That's because ultraviolet rays are strong enough to damage our skin and, and possibly change our DNA and cause cancer. X-rays are the same way. That's why we don't want a whole bunch of X-rays. The same way with gamma rays, which we don't really experience that much. But radio is is really, it, it's not that energetic. Um, it can travel long distances. and It does have enough energy that we can pick it up. But it's not, it just doesn't have enough energy to really blast apart our DNA and cause mutations and issues there. Mm -hmm. So for myself, I'm not really that worried about, you know, radio wavelength. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't seem like it's going to really be a problem because it's so low energy.
0: Well, thank you very much for for (laughs) explaining this to me. I actually feel like I have a better idea of what's going on when my phone is working to communicate with you. Although now I feel like uh, I can see a little bit, (laughs) (laughs) I can see a little bit the ones and zeros that are going on and it's just incredibly complex. All the amount of things that are happening for every bit of communication and how it can get to you in less than half a second, uh, 3,600 miles away, is uh, still bordering on (laughs) yeah. <laughs> Black magic. Makes it impossible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is is pretty much everything is working through some sort of electromagnetic uh radiation. Like for instance, probably at some point our voices are traveling down fiber optic cables. hmm And the the light pulses that those Yeah, we didn't even talk about light pulses. <laughs> yeah. But that's what goes through fiber optic cables. But those are those are traveling at like half the speed of light or something. And the speed of light is like 186,000 miles per second. And so even half that speed (laughs) is still
0: like 90. Going around the world how many times. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. And so for that reason, it can, it can travel. I mean, it probably takes longer for the sound waves from my voice to make it into the microphone than it does for the signal to travel however far that it goes. (laughs)
0: That is so incredible. Yeah, well, to the listeners, I have basically swallowed everything that James has said, because I was so ignorant about the topic. If any of you heard something that uh, he didn't say quite right, or something you want to add to this topic, I would really be interested in hearing about it. I would love to learn a little bit more uh, so I can see just better how the technology is working and, and what the mystery is behind it I like uh, I like being able to understand how the magic trick is done. <laughs> James do you have anything you really want to throw in here yet before we close out?
1: Well I was thinking just now about the episode we recorded it's actually been a while back now but we released it when we are recording this just about a week ago or so uh, yeah two weeks ago with Christopher Slayball and it's something that It's easy for us to take for granted, but it really is, I mean, it was the the work of many, many scientists and engineers working over the last 150 years, basically, to bring us to this point where this is just every day. Nobody even thinks about how it works, but it really is kind of a modern marvel. For sure.